What's up with all the Old Testament laws? Reading all these things about blood and temple and sacrifices and rules about diseases and relationships and things I can and can't do. Do those still apply to me today? Or are those for a day gone past? Well, this is Consider It, where we're considering questions about life, theology, and the church. This is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions that regard life, theology, and the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 474747 and we'll consider those questions. To learn more about our church and everything we're doing here, visit us at redemption.bible. I'm Aaron Orozco. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Consider It. Today, let's start with the question that our user submitted. It says, what commands of the Old Testament or the Mosaic Law are we supposed to follow? Um, what a what an awesome question, really interesting one. Uh, and this is a, a really interesting topic because I think in in a lot of Christian circles, especially now, we, we get this tendency of like, whoa, well, we live under the, you know, we live under grace now. You know, Jesus came and we have that, you know, famous quote, he came to fulfill the law. And so right. sometimes it's almost easy to think that, oh, well, what is the Old Testament for then? You know, it has all this weird language, all these weird people, all these weird instructions of what to not eat and not cutting my hair and all the, all this stuff. Um, so, what a great question! So, Blair, why don't That's you right. why don't you just kind of start us off with like what what is what is this this person referring to, um, and and how should we look at it? Yeah, what's uh what what Old Testament laws or the Mosaic law more specifically are we to follow today? And uh, it's a brief but uh, but even loaded question. And, yeah, uh, but a, but a real life one, mm-hmm, you know. For sure. Um, uh, as we read our Bibles, like you know, two thirds of our Bible is the Old Testament. And yeah. so is that now obsolete? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we just like kind of throw that out or like, oh, hey, that's a nice history book, but it doesn't have any sort of bearing or authority yeah. upon our life now. And and then more specifically that like uh, first third, uh, the, uh, the Torah or the Pentateuch, those first five books are a significant portion of our Bible. Should we just yeah. like cut that all out <laughs> or um, hey, that was some nice fairy tales or um, some nice things that happened a long time ago that don't really matter to us anymore. Um, and so, what are we to do with it as believers today? That's great, and uh, um, I think anyone who's kind of savvy to the uh, to the greater Christian world across the globe and theological understandings know that there's uh, there are differences of opinion on you know what are we to do with these things, and and uh, right. we can kind of go down all kinds of paths on right. uh, on what is um, what are we to do with mm-hmm. this, and so. So it's a great question. Um, you know, just to, to bring some clarity, maybe as if you're thinking like, well, what is Old Testament commands? What are the Mosaic laws? What is what is being referred to there? And so, mm-hmm. um, in the Old Testament, particularly in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bibles, Genesis, Leviticus, Numbers, or Genesis, Exodus. Yeah. Dang, I missed it there. Uh, Leviticus. Numbers and Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. Uh, those first five books, um, they contain what is known as the Old Testament law, some 600 plus mm-hmm. rules that governed the nation of Israel as yep. an ethnic nation, a people mm-hmm. group that were distinct, that God had set aside, uh, beginning with Abraham and then his offspring, um, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and then Jacob's sons that then multiplied and uh, lived 
lived as a distinct people group uh, a long time ago. And so, God in His kindness and His wisdom gave them rules to uh, live by. Mm -hmm. And in those 600-plus laws, uh, you can kind of generally categorize them as moral laws, civil laws, and ceremonial laws. The moral ones are right, uh, are pretty easy, like what's right and what's wrong. The the Ten Commandments commandments. would fall under the moral laws. Uh, The civil laws governed uh, uh, how they lived, how how, uh, uh, priests and judges were to uh, make decisions, how the the people of Israel were to live as a society, similar to the civil laws that we have, like speed limits and all those things. Now, uh, well, I've read the law many times, but uh, I don't remember any like camel speed limits or anything like that. Um, Right. (laughs) But but those kind of civil laws like that. And then the ceremonial laws were the rules and regulations that uh, guided and governed the um, the feasts and the festivals uh, okay. that they had, um, but also the ceremonial washings and how they would purify themselves after they had diseases, um, how they um, would uh, um, make themselves clean and pure in order to be um, to present themselves before the Lord. Um, not just anybody uh, that was you know that had a disease or something could come into the presence of holy God um, uh, and just come near to the tabernacle, uh, let alone even try to go into the Holy of Holies and all that. And so, right. so God in, in His kindness, God in His wisdom uh, gave uh, these rules and these regulations mm-hmm. to this uh, to these to, to this nation of Israel. So it sounds it it seems like the, it's pretty elaborate and covers a lot of a lot of things. It does, and and I think it's it's also important to note. That up up until this point in history, um, there's there's nothing really in stone that God has given to His people to kind of um, help navigate or to or to help um, instruct and show people how how the the massive contrast between His perfect holiness yeah. and their sinfulness. Yeah. And so it's it's important to understand that that this law what it does. It shows people, and it's when it first introduces to man, like our need and our and our our propensity to sin. Right, right. It, yeah, really codified uh, just these rules and regulations, yeah. just kind of on a on an outward thing. But then there's a spiritual element to it. Yeah, I like your little pun there. You said in stone, like yeah, little Ten Commandment <laughs> um, uh, reference there. Um, but uh, but you're right. What's what's really interesting, actually, as you read the the Pentateuch, is even though that the law didn't start coming till after Moses, which is mm-hmm. in Exodus, yeah. um, is that the book of Genesis, which was also written by Moses, the way in which he writes and as he records human history uh, prior to his existence, yeah. um, just as you're referring to, like there wasn't anything that was written in stone, uh, so to speak, um, is uh, that as he uh, narrates human history. Mm-hmm. All the he he, uh, even though it hadn't been written down, all the sinful uh, elements are all actually in violation of the, of law, the law that would be written down later. Right, right. But they're he, uh, they're written in such a way it's couched in this is a sinful action. Yeah. Or this is exemplary because it's yeah. it's full of faith. It's it's holy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even though they didn't have it written down, it was still uh, like written on their hearts. Yeah. Uh, to use some New Testament language, and they knew what honored God. And, right. Um, and uh, uh, and so you see God's 
people even living in that way. But here, what the law comes is uh, um, now it's officially written down. Yeah. And uh, and that's really kind of the big picture purpose there is the law was given uh, to show that the nation of Israel was a distinct people. Mm-hmm. That's why they didn't eat certain foods. That's why they didn't wear certain things. Um, is now, you know, on this side, we might see health benefits in those things. And that's, that's great. It's God's wisdom and kindness even before yeah. that science existed in those days. But but the spiritual element was to say, no, this is a distinct people group that right. lives differently than every other nation on the planet Earth at that point. And so, God gave it to them to, to show their distinction, but also to uh, give semblance of order to them as a nation and as a people group. And so, that's all the background, but that doesn't necessarily answer the question. Well, we live on, you know, now in 2019, right. we're, we, we're Christ followers. We don't have temples. We're mm-hmm. not bringing our, you know, our pigeons and our grain, offer, our grain offerings and our goats and bulls and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, there's no temple sacrifices. Yeah. We're not, we're not sitting anything on fire at church yeah that's right hopefully not that's right we're not setting anything on fire we're not uh you know uh splattering blood and and uh, burning incense and all those things and so uh to the question so then what do we what is like what is do we follow like what what do we obey today that's Mm -hmm. the that's the question here and uh, let me just kind of put it simply and then we can flesh it out what do we as new testament christians living today which old testament or mosaic laws uh, are we to follow are still binding upon us and uh, the simple answer is any uh, law that is reiterated in the new testament Mm mm-hmm uh, specifically by Jesus or the other New Testament writers. So, any of those that are written uh, that uh, uh, in the New Testament and recorded as commands, as imperatives for us to follow. Um, and so, those are those those are the ones that that are binding upon us today. Yeah. And so, um, so that leads to the question. So then, okay, well, how do we know? What do we? Yeah. What do we like? Let's let's give a little bit more of a solid foundation right. for that. Right. Well, and and it's interesting because I think a lot of the times this question is posed because there's so many. It's it's very explicit yeah. in 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 the in the Old Testament the laws of what to do, what not to do, how to look, how to dress, what to like, how to wash, what to eat. Where like I, I you know, in the New Testament, it's not always as explicit. Yeah. Um, and so you know, you hear things like sometimes, well. You know, if if we're not following those laws, is that sin? Is it, is it a sin if we're eating these things? If we're not dressing like this? And, Can I have bacon? Right? Is it yeah, Cindy like bacon? I mean, you know, f- playing football. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's important. Let's let's draw our attention here to this is Galatians three, and I'm going to start at nineteen, verse nineteen. And at this point, Paul has been talking about uh, the law and the promise. You know, the promise that God gave to a- to Abraham um, to bless. To bless him and his offsprings, and he's specifically talking that salvation, blessing of salvation, and it's going to come through him, Jesus. In, in the genealogy, Jesus comes from Abraham, right? So, this is verse 19. It says, Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring, and, and previously in some verses, Paul is pretty explicit that the offspring is Jesus. So, until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. Uh, he goes on later even to say that that the law is not contrary to the promise, and and he said this is this is a really interesting thing. This is in verse twenty one. It says, "For if the law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law." 
and he and he's basically saying like the law was not given to save us right like it's not the law is not what makes us righteous but rather like he he says earlier like we're like salvation is still by faith in the old testament in the new testament and, and the law was just given to us until jesus would come and and fulfill it but like you're saying it, it, he, he it doesn't nullify the law the law is not we don't just yeah. we we don't just throw out the old testament and say you know it, right. it doesn't apply to us rather like we, we had said earlier it teaches us about about god's moral character and more importantly it shows us how how we are unable to perfectly fulfill the law mm, you know good. what i mean and yep. we can't without a savior uh we're deemed unrighteous yeah but rather because of christ we're we can be deemed righteous that's right through faith in him that's right that's that's a great point that you're bringing up aaron because uh as we talk about what was the purpose of the law just in general you know we talk about well is to make a distinction it was to guide and govern uh, yeah. the people of of uh, israel but in spiritually speaking it was to point out our sinfulness right, right. Uh, compared to the holiness and perfection of God. Yeah. And because of our sinfulness, that requires a sacrifice. Somebody had to die uh, yeah. because of our sin and and to make a payment yeah. because we have offended holy, perfect mm-hmm. God. And uh, and so, the law was given to, to, to show that, right. to, to act as a mirror to say, hey, mm-hmm. you human being, you don't have this all put together. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so there's all kinds of uh, glimpses that we get of uh, of uh, the spiritual aspect yeah. and what would one day come. And right. so then the law was given then to point to right. something greater. Exactly. I, I think it's even interesting that like you know when he says the law is not what saves us, mm-hmm. it speaks directly against this works based salvation. That if I do everything that's right. I'm saved. Yeah. You know, if I can, if, you know, hypothetically, we could fulfill perfectly the law and not have faith in Christ, we yeah. would not have salvation. Right. Salvation is not through fulfilling the law perfectly, even though yeah. we're unable. Yeah. It's through faith in Christ. Yeah. yeah, we would be mistaken to think that anybody in the Old Testament, Moses included, right. any right. of them, yeah. fulfilled and kept perfectly all 600 plus laws their right. entire life. Right. Nobody was saved by that, and it was never meant to be uh, the means of our salvation. Um, it, uh, If anything, it was the agitator and <laughs> show that we, right. we can't it, be saved it, yeah and uh, and always even our new testament writers moses himself would say hey we're looking forward to something yeah. better mm-hmm. um ultimately to someone better uh the messiah or you know in our lingo our savior right who we know as jesus and uh, the one who um who came and fulfilled the law. Jesus was the only person that lived his entire life uh, never disobeying and always keeping every single Old Testament law through all 30 plus years of his life. Right. And that's why he was the perfect sacrifice. Right. He was the only yeah. one that could do that and uh, and was the only innocent person, the right. only uh, righteous person to ever live on mm-hmm. this earth and then he was the one that took the punishment right. that we, who have broken the law, who have offended God, uh, uh, deserved. Yeah, that's that's where a lot of these these metaphors that we hear a lot of the a lot of the time describing Jesus come from. You know, the the unblemished land, the the perfect sacrifice. You know, back then because sin was recurring, obviously, you know, someone didn't, uh, you know, through the through the offerings and sacrifices that they would make to to atone for their sin 
that wouldn't limit them from sinning. Obviously, they would sin again, and then they would have to keep on doing it. The beautiful thing about Jesus, like you just said, is he came, he was yeah. perfect, he was without blemish, yeah. and then his sacrifice, and that's why it's it's fulfilled, that's why it's, it's paid right. for, it's right. done. He came to fulfill it. You right. referred to that earlier, uh, just a bit ago, in Matthew 5, which is the, the section on that we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And so, Jesus comes, preaches this awesome message, and uh, he begins to lay out um, you know, a new law, maybe you shouldn't use that term, but just a new uh, ethic, a new way to live. And uh, and and what's really interesting in that is he he says in in Matthew five verse seventeen that I haven't come. Do you think rather here that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets? I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And he says that the law won't pass away. Not not even like a little uh, dot or iota will be passed away until it is accomplished. And so Jesus comes, he fulfills it. Um, but what's interesting in his preaching and he's talking he he'll go on and he, he really ups the ante yeah he says you've heard it said you know don't murder mm-hmm. it's like okay well yeah i'm never gonna kill somebody you know i i can't go that but then it's like but if you're just like angry with yeah. your brother uh then you've sinned right and so he he actually takes it up a notch in some yeah. ways or to think to say it another way he actually takes it to the heart right uh, because the law or honoring god is not just about list keeping yeah god is after something much deeper mm-hmm. much more profound he's after our heart yeah and uh, and that's where even later then in in Jesus life you see it in Matthew and Mark and Luke where he uh, where he, the Pharisees or the scribes they try to corner him and they say mm-hmm. which of, which of the laws is the greatest you know and yeah. and he takes it to the heart he says well you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and the second is like it love your neighbor mm. as yourself yeah and so uh, and, and and what he's going to is that all the law all the 600 of those they can be summed up in am I loving God and am I loving my neighbor right all the moral civil ceremonial yeah. laws can be summed up in that heart ethic of am I loving God love uh, that simple definition you before me am i putting god first am i putting others first yeah. um and uh, and allowing that mentality that heart posture to then guide us in all that we do and what is right and what is wrong now um this is a podcast maybe for a, a different episode or something to go into but uh, our definition of love has to be a biblical definition of right, love right right um, right yeah that's a but good one. uh um uh However, that's what that's that's what he's getting at. And so what are we as believers today? Well, what is our law? It's mm-hmm. love, loving right. God and loving our right. neighbor um, uh, on this side of of Christ. And For so sure. um, so we it's not just a matter of I'm not gonna kill you, I'm not gonna commit <laughs> adultery, but I'm not even gonna have thoughts of those things in my heart. Right. Um, because that is that even that is sinful and corrupt and, and we but the beautiful thing is like Christ came to redeem that and to give right. us a new heart. Absolutely. Uh, that we would be born uh, anew. And so um, and so that's what he gets at in, in, in Mark and other passages. Um, in uh, like Mark 7, 18 to 20, when talking about the, those things, he's saying, hey, it's not the outside things that defile us. 
it's the things that come from our heart, like right. inside right. needs some cleansing for sure. And, and only I can do that. The law can't fix that. Right. The law can't fix our heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, only only Jesus can. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's a supernatural work, not a work right. that we can do and strive after and keep a list and be like, okay, now now I'm right with God. Right. Yeah. It, it's 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 interesting. I mean. Um, for us now living on this side of, of Jesus, uh, it is different. Yeah. But but that is not to say that now the law doesn't pertain to us or it's useless. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because in, in studying this, I, w- I was seeing how the, you know, the Mosaic law or the Mosaic covenant, you know, which is, is what that, that covenant between Jesus, God and Moses where he gives them the law yep. is kind of in, in contrast to the Abrahamic com- covenant where God promises to Abraham to to send salvation through him and to bless the nations, yep. you know. Um, the law, really what it does, it says like there's a consequence for falling short. There's a standard yeah. and there's a consequence for not for not meeting it, yeah. right? And and in a way, like that's that's a curse that if we can't hit the standard, the the curse is, is the curse is death, you know, for sin. The weight the weight of the wages of sin. The wages of sin is death. Yeah. And the beautiful thing, you know, I was as I was going through that, I was studying that I thought of, of the song Forever mm. and how like the weight of every curse was upon him. Yeah. You know, like because our inability to meet that standard of the law, yeah, like God put all of that on Jesus and Jesus satisfied all of that. Right. And I think that's to say, like to answer this question, um, like the law should point us back to, to Jesus and to yeah. who God is. Right. You know, it's not about satisfying or like trying to fulfill these like random things that, you know, it's, it's not a works based thing. Like you're saying, it's not an outward, exp- uh, it's not an external like thing, but right. rather it's an inward like heart posture. Yeah. And, and the law should show us, we need a savior, yeah. and and Jesus came to be that. Right, right. If those that were truly, a, you know, to use like New Testament language, were born again. Those that had faith yeah. were saved in the Old Testament, knew the law's rightful place, right, and were looking ahead to mm-hmm. a Messiah that would come. Yeah. Now we on this side of the cross, we know who the Messiah was. They were right. wondering, they were hoping forward yeah. to a, to his coming. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we're on this side of it, we look back to that, and we mm-hmm. have we have the benefit of of that that place. Um, and yet, it it still has then the same place. We see right. what. Jesus has done, yeah, and and that's really now where the benefit is because that kind of leads us, you know, just to an, another aspect of this. Okay, so we know like that's what the place of the Old Testament law. It's not necessarily binding upon us today. So I guess I can just not read it and not to. Uh, um, I can just kind of throw it out or cut that section out of my Bible. Yeah. Well, of course not. We mm-hmm. read it with the same light of it should be pointing us right. ahead. Yeah. Uh, to uh, now that we can see the picture in in color. Mm-hmm. And seeing like, wow, Christ fulfilled these things. Yeah. As you're reading the Passover and then the institution of the Passover and why they were remembering that mm-hmm. we we should be ca- our our mind should be cast to Christ yeah. and like no Christ was the greater Passover and yeah. as we read the uh, like Leviticus sixteen seventeen those sections on the Day of Atonement mm-hmm. and and uh, atoning for our sins and the, what they had with the goat and the scapegoat and all those things is that should be pointing us to Christ right. who was yeah. our atonement. Um, the sacrifice for sin once for all. Yeah, and uh, and so there is there's a great benefit 
in reading the Old Testament in that way to give us a greater appreciation for the gospel and uh, what Jesus has done. And so it really should fuel our worship and not like, uh, you know. Yeah. Like derail us. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. And I think that's a great place to finish in that, that, in in the more we we learn and the more we study God's word it teaches us more about him yeah and that should inevitably increase our worship yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. again and and just like all all these things like we shouldn't be seeking to understand or study or do these things for like knowledge but yeah. rather it should it should stir our hearts to worship more yeah Right, right. It should. It really should stir our heart to worship and that not not be going back saying, oh, well, we need to fulfill, like we need to be keeping the Sabbath and we yeah. need to not be wearing certain clothes yeah. and we need to be doing, it's like, no, we don't go backwards like that. Right. The Old Testament writers wouldn't want us to do that. Moses right. wouldn't want us. Obviously, Jesus doesn't want us mm-hmm. to do that because we live on this side of the cross. Right. You know, we, 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 we have something even greater that's before mm-hmm. us in Jesus, and uh, and and He's uh, fulfilled all those things, um, and and we have plenty of New Testament camp commands that we need to be following and right. and uh, right. um, and obeying, and and you know that's what First John says: uh, if you, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So you're like, read that. It's like, well, what? You know, and when just uh, in uh, First John also, it's like, my, he says, my commands are not burdensome. You know? Right. Um, you're like, well, yeah, if I was following all 600 <laughs> yeah. of them, right, they would be. Yeah. But when we think of the, the law of love, a new commandment I give you, um, one of love, John 13, well, you're right, that's not burdensome. Um, in a different way, um, and and this is how we we follow the commands that Christ gave, and uh, um, uh, knowing that there are for our sanctification, that right. they're for our good, um, not for our salvation. And so right. we can fall into the same trap as the Pharisees and other Old Testament peeps, and 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 some folks today that think we you know need to follow the Old Testament is no, these are for our good, yeah, for our holiness. And not uh, for our salvation. Anytime we require, whether it be the Mosaic Law or anything else, that is a requirement to be saved, yeah, we've gone adding, too far. We've right. crossed the line. Right. You know? Salvation is by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's always, it's always been, been that been way. Like that. Yep. Always. Yep. From day one. Abram, was uh, his faith was credited to him as righteousness. And so, it's no different uh, than today. Um, even though we're on this side of the cross, we're in the new covenant times, we're in the era of the church, and uh, and God is, is uh, dealing with us as human beings in, in a different way. But uh, that, that we're no longer a political, ethnic nation in the same way that Israel uh, even, even still is, um, yeah. uh, and distinct from the nations, but now the body of God's people is a global, diverse, uh, multi-ethnic, multi-generational body of God's people that uh, transcends culture and time and all those things and are bound in one thing, not in our biological bloodlines, but by our faith in Christ Jesus. And that's uh, um, that's what unites us. And so, that's a uh, um, that really kind of brings us home then as to what uh, 
What do we do with the Old Testament? Well, we let it point us uh, to Christ. Uh, we let it give us a bigger picture of the greatness and the faithfulness and the sovereignty of God, even today, um, and uh, and see his working and his kindness and his mercy towards the people of Israel on that day. And uh, and, and it should even give us greater hope for what's yet to come. And, right. Uh, the yep. Millennial Kingdom and all, all the, the awesome uh, aspects that kind of blow our mind right. when we think of lies in the future. So. Well... Thanks for tuning in to Consider It, a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Braunfels, Texas, where we are taking on questions regarding life, theology, and the church. If you'd like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 474747. To learn more about our church, visit us at redemption.bible. We thank you for your support and listening, and we hope that you'll join us next week as we consider it.